Welcome inside 254. Let's close the office door and start the conversation. What if you could make America great again? Welcome to the presidency, the game show that discovers how the president speaks, tweets, and squanders our American Republic. Enter his glittering chamber of destruction with us on the barnstorming expedition that is Donald Trump's first year as president. Your host is Dr. Amanda Morris, and our first contestant is Dr. Colleen Clemens, as we unearth the legendary artifice unfolding every day the huckster-in-chief is in office. Let's get started with The Presidency, where making America great again is our obsession. Round one will be a 50-50, three questions about Trump's actual accomplishments with two possible answers. Oh, no. So you've got a 50-50 chance. I'm going to throw a dart. <laughs> right. So I have not seen these. Everybody should know. I don't, I don't know the answers to these. Right. This is, this is for real. Like yeah, This is legit. I have not. She Amanda does not. Amanda has created... <laughs> <laughs> this game for me to play mm -hmm. and she does not wish me does, luck she doesn't even know what i'm gonna ask her she wish know. me luck people <laughs> okay it's like wait wait don't tell me but it's like us <laughs> okay i'm ready question number one from which national monument did trump strip 1.1 million acres or 85 percent of its land area option a craters of the moon national monument in idaho Option B, yeah, it is. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. I want to go. You should go. Okay. <laughs> it's a lava field oh. in Idaho. Oh. Anyway, um, B, Bears Ears National Monument in Utah. B, because we did a lot about that. That's right. She got question number one right. Good job. Oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> I learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Inside 254, right. <laughs> for teaching me about Bears Ears. That's right. All right, now it's a little tougher. It's gonna get that was oh. that was that was a softball. Okay, all right, okay. I'm ready. So number two, how many times has Donald Trump tweeted since his inauguration? Option A, four thousand three hundred and thirty-six times. Option B, one thousand two hundred fifty-one times. B. <laughs> that would be a no. He How can he tweet 4,000 times? I, I can't even tweet that much. If you all want to follow along with us, go to TrumpTweetCounter.com. And it is a live track of the number of times Donald Trump tweets every single tweet. And that includes tweets and retweets. But okay. still, that's a lot of fucking tweets. Okay, so wait, 4,000 in a year. There's 300... No, as of this morning, 4,336. It's like a live tracker. Right, hold on. I checked this so number this morning. is that more than 100 a day? Mm-hmm. Well, 365. Oh my God, that's more than 100 a day. No. That's tweets and retweets. No. 
If you go to the Trump tweet counter and start scrolling, every single one of his tweets and retweets is listed there. If you want to count yourself, go ahead. I'm not counting myself, but I how... That. I don't... I, Think about honestly, retweets. I, I, yeah, I don't retweet a hundred things I a know. day. If we, if we, you combine you, me and like four of our friends, we wouldn't tweet this much. We don't tweet this much, but he I does. have no idea about oh, the he, retweeting. I don't see, see, I don't only see the ones that he writes. Right. I don't see he, all his retweets, oh, he re, he retweets unless he retweets something really bad. He retweets a lot. So that's yeah 4336 times i'm sure that's a really discerning list by the way like i'm sure he's really thinking thoughtfully about when he hits retweet of course. okay <laughs> all right i have one right and one wrong one right one wrong so you know 50 50 and you're do 50, i get 50. carl castle's voice on my voicemail <laughs> what do i win no you win you win i win democracy you win democracy yeah, great <laughs> okay it's going great final question in the 50 50 which of the following statements is true mm. about Trump's newly passed tax bill. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not calling it the tax cut because it's not. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Option A. So remember, which of the following true. statements is mm-hmm. true? Mm-hmm. Option A. Current mortgage holders who itemize deductions will still be able to deduct interest payments on mortgage debt of up to $1.1 million. Mm. Option mm. B. The child tax credit will increase to three thousand dollars per child. I think A is true. Very good. Yeah. You got that right. Yeah. That's right. I I, care, I carefully worded that question. Yeah, you so. did. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I gotta pay attention to every single one of these words. <laughs> yeah, I carefully. I worded saw you that. wanting to do that. I did. I had my finger on the buzzer. Yeah. So, yeah, that I, that information actually comes from taxpolicycenter.org, mm-hmm. um, and that is true. So the whole idea of mortgage interest, interest deduction specifically, I know people have been freaking I know I was freaking out because yeah, I thought, me oh, too. my God, that's, right. I need to be able to <laughs> take care of them. But it's not going to affect people who have current mortgages. In fact, it's people with mortgage debts of up to $1.1 million, which is way beyond most of us. Right, I mean, right, so right. that's pretty much everybody who currently has a mortgage mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. will still be able to deduct their interest. But so, the child credit? The child tax credit, I think, it's not 3000 It's actually increasing to 2000 mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm. from $1,000. Mm-hmm. It, it, like the last, our former tax bill was 1000 I think it's going up to 2000 mm. But I mean, it's, but it's, I just elevated that mm-hmm. <laughs> even further just mm-hmm. for effect. All right, are you ready for round two? No. (laughs) Too bad. Okay, so round two is called Are You Smarter Than Donald Trump? Oh, God. Jesus. So this is After this weekend, this is like... So if you want to get your phone out, you are allowed. This is about what he said or didn't say, and it's in this style of who wants to be a millionaire-ish with you have a, a... You can call or text a friend. Oh, I get to text somebody? It, to get help. Yeah, All my you friends have... are working. Okay. Lame. All right. All right. Lame. Just, I just wanted to offer you I that. I have a phone a friend. All right. You have a phone a friend if I'll you think want. Of, I'll, see how, I'll see what I need. Yes. Okay. Okay. So first question. <clears throat> I would phone you. <laughs> you know that, right? So this is, I'll just ask you. I would totally call you. Okay. So I tell you what, if you ask me, I'll, I'll narrow it to 50-50. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. You're my phone a friend. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So... <clears throat> This is a multiple choice question. Mm, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, so listen mm-hmm. carefully. Mm, mm-hmm. Question number one. After Hurricane Maria, mm-hmm. Trump said which of the following statements? Statement one. 
This has been a Category 5, which few people have ever even heard of a Category 5 hitting land. But it hit land. And boy, did it hit land. Statement 2. The mayor of San Juan, who was very complimentary only a few days ago, has now been told by the Democrats that you must be nasty to Trump. Statement 3. They want everything to be done for them when it should be a community effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, statement four. This better be all of the above. Fake news, CNN and NBC are going out of their way to disparage our great first responders as a way to get Trump. Wait, he said all of these. Option E. Oh, there's an E. All okay. of the above. Oh, thank God. Option F, none of the above. <laughs> I didn't realize we went up to F. I was getting really panicked. E, all of the above. <laughs> You're exactly right. I can't believe the first one. Like, the first one I didn't believe, but then all the others were true. (laughs) He actually said... He did not say no one's ever seen a Category 5 before. He did. He's... Yes. Do you say that out loud? I believe... Or on Twitter? I believe it's a tweet. I believe I got all these from a tweet. Because I remember the mayor thing. Yeah. So either these were... uh, I collected these um, from a combination (laughs) of places. It's a collection of turds. Yeah. It's a collection of turds from (laughs) Twitter... From White House official statements. Like Which one made. could be official? Which one of those could be from and, an well, official? The, when he gets up in front of a microphone. Oh, oh okay. Like, when he gets like up Sarah, in, Sarah Huckabee no, no, Sanders no. didn't like read one of those. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. This is, this is him getting in front of a microphone. So sometimes he gets in front of a microphone at the White House, and sometimes he does it on Twitter. So, and but was he this said, before or after he threw the paper towels at people? Um, I believe, well... I think this is a combination of before and after, (laughs) but good job. Wow. You're doing well. I feel like I'm too studied in this. I feel like I need to step off the train a little bit with this guy. Okay. So hold on. So let's see if the next one throws you off. So this, this question number two, same thing, multiple choice of the following statements about Charlottesville, which did Trump not Not say. And also these questions are reminding me how shitty this past year was. Go ahead. I forgot about Charlottesville for a minute. Which was kind of the point of this Not say. Right. Not say. (laughs) Which of the following statements. And listeners, you can play along with us. Yeah, please play along. Okay. Which of the following statements about Charlottesville did he not say? Statement one. I think there is blame on both sides. Mm. Statement two. White supremacists, neo-Nazis, and anti-Semites are the antithesis of our American values. Race, statement three. Racism is evil. Those who spread violence in the name of bigotry strike at the very core of America. Statement four, or D. Many of those people were there to protest the taking down of the statue of Robert E. Lee. I wonder... Is it George Washington next week? Mm, You know, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it all stop? Mm. E, all of the above. F, none of the above. So which did he not say? Ring, ring. (laughs) Calling the friends. Calling calling you. I'm calling you. Okay. It is is neither all of the above nor none of the above. (laughs) She's hating me right now. But it's, it's neither all nor none. So it's one of the four. Okay, so I know he said... I know he said the first one, and I know I think there is blame on both sides. Yeah, I know he said that because that's really upsetting, and I know he said 
that uh, the thing about George Washington, which made no sense because, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, so there's two in the middle. What were the two in the middle so again? So the other, the other two, the oh, racism is a terrible, terrible thing. Here. Oh, he didn't say the one that had the word antithesis in it. So the statement is. Um, the second statement is white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and anti-Semites are the antithesis of our American values. And then the other option is no, racism he did not is say evil. That any, he did not say that because it has the word antithesis in it. Very good. Oh, good. I feel like I'm denying you the opportunity to buzz me, though. No, but I, I but, but you. But you he did not the say the word antithesis. He did right. I figured that would be a good clue. Yeah. But that was a little harder than the first one. I thought, uh-huh. well, you know, let's throw that in there because even, I definitely had to unpack that one a little bit. Yeah, because racism is evil. I mean, remember. Did he say that? He did. Remember, he he initially came out saying there was blame on both sides yes. and blah, blah, blah. But then right. he walked and it then back Monday, yeah, because yeah. somebody wrote him a speech that said, like, you can't come out and say you can't equivocate with freaking nazis so you have to say this was bad and he made that statement and then he walked it back so he was all in favor like of the nazis and then he walked it back which was what a racism is evil and then he doubled down on his original statement that was that mess yay america okay So I feel was, so defeated and deflated at the moment, I'm but okay, sorry. we're gonna do it. I used my phone a friend too, so you now did. I'm um, now, now I'm on, on, I'm up shit's creek. N- now you're on your own for the toughest one. Oh great! <laughs> I didn't know these increased in difficulty well, like the SAT I'm used trying. to. All right, here we go. Okay. Here we go. Question number three, final question of round two. Which of the following statements did Trump not make? about Roy Moore, the Alabama sexual predator Republican who lost the special Senate election in December. And I will alert you, there is no option to say all of the above or none of the above in this one. You only have four statements. Good. Thank you. Okay. So which of the following statements did he not Not make make. about Roy Moore? Mm -hmm. A, I said that Roy Moore will not be able to win the general election. I was right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. B, the women are Trump voters. All you can do is you have to do what you have to do. He totally denies it. Mm. See, mm. I think it's a very special time. A lot of things are coming out, and I think that's good for our society. Mm. And I think it's very good for women, and I'm very happy it's being exposed. <laughs> I feel like you made that up. <laughs> D, D, they want to destroy Judge Moore. And you know what? They want to take your voice away. Oh. So which did he C. not he say? He didn't say C. He said C? <laughs> he did. Wait. All right. Okay. Which so the, did he not say? So. Okay. So then he didn't say B. He did B. say C. What? B? Yeah. I know he said A. He said A which on Twitter. He, which did he not say? Yeah. He did say A. So then it's D. It's Dave. What is that last one? Oh, they're they, trying to destroy They him. want to destroy Judge Moore, and you know what? They want to take your voice away. Yeah. I thought he did say that. Somebody, oh, Bannon, Bannon said, said that. that. <laughs> oh, I knew somebody said that. Bannon but said that. That's right. They, they got progressively harder. It's tough, right? That was it's a good tough. one. That was a good one, because until this weekend, Bannon huh? and, and Trump were, you know, like conflated, and now they're not. <laughs> now clearly not. But so good job. Oh. Good job. So you, you got... really enjoyed buzzing me on I that. Did. I did. You enjoyed... tricked me. I did. That was <laughs> a good trick, though. No, that was a good trick, because I knew that was in the ether, but I didn't remember who said it. You know I love you. That was fun. <laughs> no, that was good. Oh, there's more, right? Oh, yes. uh, oh good. Okay. One final round. 
Round three is called Survey Says. <laughs> These are three multiple choice questions about survey results. Mm. Related to Trump's first Is Richard year Dawson going to come out and maul me <laughs> with his tongue like he used to? Oh, the no, 70s. I know. I remember oh, the that. 70s. Yes, no. Okay, so <clears throat> you will have uh, three choices mm-hmm. for each of these questions. Mm-hmm. First question. A recent Politico morning consult poll says that what percent of American voters thinks that the media fabricates news stories about Trump and his administration? Please be the lowest number. Please be the lowest number. So your options are A, 27%, B, 46%, C, 62%. Oh my God, any one of those numbers is too high. Well, it's believes that the news fabricates yes, news stories about Trump and his administration. So what percent of voters, American voters, <gasps> thinks I want it to be a but it's probably not. But I'm going to say a fuck. <laughs> What's wrong with people? Want to know the answer? It's B because it's, it's half the country. It's four, yeah. 46 percent. So 46 percent. And these are just registered voters. Just believe that people these are, are not, making up stories. Yeah, these are not Republican voters. These are. Voters, people okay. who are registered. Did voters. they also believe that during the Obama administration? I didn't like, look that up. Well, I don't think they did because the birtherism would never have taken right. hold if people believed no. that that was fake. So that's a scary statistic to me. I don't know how to combat that. I I, I really I don't, don't even know how to either. like work. I don't even know how right. to convince. I mean, I do as an educator, but that's a hard battle to convince mm-hmm. people that news outlets are actually doing the and you know work. the Trump, fourth estate is working and this relates to oddly enough i designed this question what two weeks ago and suddenly now trump has just come out with this um he's gonna do on january what, what? 17th what he's what? gonna he's gonna give out the fake news awards Oh, yeah, you haven't. Okay, so we'll talk about that Wait, in Trumpster Fire. I thought that, the, I thought that no, like, Stephen Colbert and all them were making that up. No. Is that in response to something Donald Trump said? I thought that was just no. them being, like, Samantha no. Bee and Trevor no, no. Noah. I thought that was them being funny. No, that, he's, he, look at his tweet, look at his Twitter. One See, of the 4,336. I don't, I look away for, like, one, I, like, take <clears> these <throat> breaks, and then I come back, and the world is burning. Mm-hmm. I thought all my favorite satirists were just being funny. No. I'm telling you the shit writes itself. They're being, they're trying to be funny with something that is really just a fucking tragedy and possibly unconstitutional. Anyway, so that's, so you got that wrong. (laughs) Your, your best hope of, oh, it's 27. No, 46%. Okay. 27 is too high. I know, but 46 is even worse. Okay. So question number two in our final round, the Pew Research Center conducted a poll in 37 countries. 37 countries (laughs) to determine global confidence in Donald Trump's presidency. What is the current percentage of our global neighbors who have confidence in Donald Trump to do the right thing regarding world affairs? Lowest number, because Uh, uh, I study this all the time. uh, Dude, when you leave this country, people are like, what is going on? It's uh, even worse. Option A, 42%. Option <laughs> option B, 27%. Lower. Op- Remember that show on Prices Right? Lower. Lower. Uh, thumbs down. Uh, option C, 22%. Even that number is too high, but it's that one. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> 
And interestingly, the 42% is uh, Angela Merkel's percentage. So oh, cool. That's the All percent, right. That's, that's the percent cool. of our global that's neighbors who have confidence in okay. Angela Merkel, of, of the, the leader, Chancellor mm-hmm. of Germany, mm-hmm. to do the right thing mm-hmm. regarding mm-hmm. world affairs. And 27%, oh, the painful irony. That's Putin's number. Wait, okay. So I wonder who the highest is right now. I could have I could have put no, that in here. But, but I'm just curious. I, I like, you can look I kind up. of think about Angela Merkel as like the mm-hmm. leader of the free world yeah. at the moment. So you can look up the Pew Research Center poll, um, the Global Confidence poll, and, hmm. and get that. So uh, Was a, that before or after he said he was a stable genius? No. <clears> that, I was feel be- like that was before. Maybe that number has gone mm, down probably a little. Gone like down. a percentage? So just a side note about this. The image of the U.S. abroad has also suffered a decline since Trump took office. Just 49% now have a favorable view of our country, down from 64% at the end of Obama's presidency. Yeah, Obama was definitely a national statesman in the sense of global, the geopolitical Mm -hmm. realm. If we look at his speech he gave in Egypt, and I mean, he really did, he was out in the world in a way that I appreciated for sure. Yeah, I think. And we, we all did. Oh. Not we all. Mm-mm. Not that 46% Mm-mm. who thinks the media is making up stories about Trump. <laughs> you don't need to make anything up. This stuff writes itself. Okay, final question in our final round. What is Donald Trump's current job approval rating as POTUS with likely U.S. voters? Option A. Please be the lowest number. Please 38%. Number. Option B. 50%. Option C, 42%. What was the lowest? 38%. Yes. Approval? I thought his approval ratings were bad. As of today. Please tell me that number did not go up over the weekend. It is 42%. And this is where the numbers are from. This is from um, RasmussenReports.com, mm-hmm. daily mm-hmm. tracking poll of the presidential job approval mm-hmm. rating. So you can mm-hmm. go to RasmussenReports.com and the, watch it. Mm-hmm. It's it every day they take the... The temperature of the country, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it is revealed at 9.30 a.m., Monday through Friday. So 38% was August 2nd, um, 50% was June 16th, and 42% was as of today, January 8th. I wonder what happened in that June time that peaked that a little bit. I don't know. Uh, some I don't, listener I don't, can don't, find out and yeah, leave us like a comment. Happened. Tell but, us what happened. But there that is the fun. presidency. You did a good job on that. Yeah, so did you. Thank no. you for playing. Oh, <laughs> delightful. And we all win. <laughs> Or lose. Or lose, depending on your perspective. So um, so that was really fun. And and that was just sort of our fun way of um, sort of doing a little mini year in review. Because there's so many things that have happened in the last year. It was It's almost impossible to narrow it down. But I tried to pick questions that sort of touched on some of the important things. And we tried to do it yeah, in a little bit more of a fun way because quite frankly, it can be damn depressing looking back going, oh my God, all the stuff that's gone on. But I I wanted to end today's table talk by segueing into our prognostications and maybe what we're looking forward to 2018. What do we think is going to change? What do we think is going to get worse? What do we think is going to get better? And I I actually want to start by going into, you know, the Golden Globes just happened. And there was, you know, the Hollywood community came out in solidarity with a movement of, you know, pro-gender equality and anti-sexual harassment but they're not starting this movement. They're on the backs, they're building on the backs of so many women and different gendered activists who've been doing this work, well, forever. But I looked at that moment as a, 
like Oprah's speech and some of the comments that were being made by the by the women who were getting up and presenting as they're building on it. But they have this huge bully pulpit. They have this huge public platform that allows the voices of activists like you and others to be elevated to a much bigger audience, which means more people are listening. And it's it's I know how frustrating it is, but I kind of look at it as a good thing because there are a whole lot of people who are watching that show who had never even heard that message before. It's not like people who are immersed in it like we are. So I kind of look at it as a as a positive thing. But so, so you see I'm, it as a good start to 2018. A good start Some to 2018 is- as, okay, maybe because we have this elevated public platform now with these big name people coming out and saying these things, maybe now we can start seeing some of that structural shifting. And again, little tiny movements, but I'm, that's what I'm hoping happens. I don't know that that's going to happen, but that's what I'm hoping happens. So a tone of, of positivity, a tone of... I, I was frustrated by a lot of the coverage this morning because it made it seem like this is the pinnacle, that this is some kind of like this is the tipping point and i was just like well that's great for all of us who uh you know what i wrote on facebook is i don't get chocolates on my table and get to wear like fancy dresses and and proclaim my um activism and i'm glad that people get to do that but it's not the pinnacle right like meanwhile in the trenches people are getting called cunts and and terrible things um, and why do you have a job? And it, it's right. it's really been awful. I got called a hair brain or a feather brain yesterday on Twitter. I was like, and unfriend. So yeah. um or on on whatever. But uh yeah, so I I appreciated the moment. I think the coverage is a little uh, disingenuous. Yeah, missing maybe. the mark. Missing the mark. Well, it's just it it's making it sound like this is the moment, and it, it that seems like it drowns out all the other moments. So yeah. I don't think like Oprah's doing that drowning out. No. I think it's just how it's being a remo- And I well, I think the coolest part of that is how a lot of people as their dates brought activists. I thought yes. that was the coolest part. That got a little bit of coverage, not a ton, and I thought it should get more. Mm-hmm. But I know the optics of everybody in black is really important. Uh, yeah. I'm not as I, I guess I, I, I've been to the rodeo before yeah. I, I, I see these things and I'm like yeah that was great like if you think about Billie Jean King winning or something mm-hmm. that that was supposed to be seen as this big tipping point well individually it was interesting but structurally I don't know that it I mean mm-hmm. maybe it moved the needle a little tiny bit yeah. but uh, yeah maybe uh, yeah Inter- like yeah last night was interesting <laughs> I but do, you, I, do you think that um, as far as Talk to me in November of 2018 right? and we'll see. Maybe we'll have a more interesting conversation. Yeah. Like, are will you women hope- take are you more hopeful? offices? Are you hopeful that things might yeah. actually no. change? You don't think things are going to change at all this year? Uh, I don't think they're going to change because of Hollywood. No, no, no. But but I'm talking about oh, Hollywood yeah. as part I think, of a bigger structural move to things have been changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is... I've been paying t- attention to this work since 1992 when I kind of got woke and... I think things have done nothing but change for the better since then. So I don't doubt that things are going to continue changing. That right, as I always say, my teaching motto is scared animals, small movements. I believe in the small movements. Uh, I think Hollywood helps, but you know, all of us that have been making those small movements aren't going to do anything differently because of all this. Right. Um, so what do you? What do you? Um, let's 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 go negative. Um, what are you? Af- <laughs> That's very challenging. For what me. I know. What What are you afraid <laughs> is going to happen with Trump this year? What are, you, what are you worried about? Really? Yeah. I'm afraid he's going to get impeached. 
You know, that's interesting. I don't I, want him to I, get impeached. I don't either. I, I do not. Okay. Let's talk about why. Because I, I, I am of, sorry. I think a lot of people do. And I don't. Terrified of people okay. who already felt disenfranchised and elected him being feeling more disenfranchised. Mm. I am. Ter- I like I honestly am afraid of that. I like mm. I I have a plan for my daughter. Like I have like things in place for that because I think if Trump were to be impeached, it would there would be pitchforks and violence. I don't. It's not worth it to me. It's not worth it to me. So that that I know that that is not a popular um, liberal stance, but I don't want him to be impeached. So let me tell you why I don't tell think me. he should be impeached, no, which me. is a different reason okay. for yours. But uh, it's for mine is like terror, terror. Well, right. And yours is very personal, very mm. intimate, very, you're, you know, you're worried about your daughter, your safety, your family. I come at it from the perspective that if he is impeached and Mike Pence mm. becomes the president. Yeah. The fervor and energy and anger of the left is going to fizzle out. Oh, that's interesting. And we are going to lose the momentum because Mike Pence, and I know I've seen a lot of my like liberal mm-hmm. commentators and liberal friends and stuff saying how he's worse than Trump. He's controllable. He's the establishment. Mm-hmm. So everything, all of this shit, all the stuff that we just talked about, everything will calm down. One of the reasons mm. why I think that the, the left, the movement on the left is it has got such heat behind it right now and has since Trump got elected is because it is every single day. We just talked about this. Every single day you open up your phone to find out what the hell went on. And you're like, oh, my God, what now? Like today, for if the Pence was the president, that yeah. would not happen. He wouldn't be tweeting. He wouldn't be threatening Kim Jong Un. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be making all of these extreme, stupid, lightning bolt statements that's rallying everybody and whipping everybody into a frenzy of anger and mm. infuriation. I would rather see him stay in office mm. and keep the momentum and energy and anger on the left to elect more Democrats in the House mm. I- this November. So that we actually have a better chance of flipping the house, I think, if he stays. If he goes, I think we're gonna we're gonna lose momentum. So interesting. My perspective, I'm looking at it more from a political, like big picture perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I yeah. So that's why I don't think he should be impeached either. I guess we reason. shall see what twenty eighteen brings. Yeah. Anything else? Like what do you I guess let's go let's end mm. positive and say, um, what are you what are you hoping to see or looking forward to see changing this year or improving assuming Trump is still a president like given our, <laughs> I'm looking at her like mm, well, given her, well yeah is, I think like, I think that the midterm elections I mean that's definitely mm-hmm. the thing that I'm hopeful about I think we will see and I don't necessarily think that a woman in power is better, right? I don't think that solves all the problems. But I do think we'll see more women running. Whether or not they get elected is a different story. But I think we'll see more women running. And I think that's exciting. I think what we'll see is conversations changing. Mm-hmm. So I'll take that for now. I'll yeah. take that for now. But um, I don't... Yeah, I I have a hard time being hopeful i just i just kind of keep my head down and just keep doing the work i don't i don't uh, he's he's in an interesting way to me he's almost inconsequential 
Mm. Like so much stuff federally uh, for me, for my own personal mm-hmm. life, because we've said this before, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to have an abortion and I'm not trans and I'm, you know, these things that are, but as an ally, I think it's really hard to watch what he does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are you hopeful about? I, I think same thing. <laughs> we keep like, making the same faces. I know. We're right. Well, and it's the 2018, I think the 2018, um, the midterm elections, I think seeing more women getting involved in politics, in public leadership, in leadership roles, in pushing, even in their own communities and families and companies. Yeah, like women holding each other up more. I think yeah. I see that. That's like a good a, point. Like a public sisterhood. Where we really mm-hmm. are all on the same page. We can kind of all give ourselves, mm-hmm. give each other that same look that you and I share all the time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like when we were on Raging Chicken and we both were like, we all have those lists. Kind yeah. of debunking and, and helping men understand yeah. our experiences yeah. is a little easier now, maybe. Yeah. And the fact that we are, it seems like we're all more on the same page. And now, of course, there are a lot of, there are, there's a segment of the population, the women out there who buy into that father knows best strict authoritarian attitude, you know, top down, you know, the man's at the head of the house. So he must be the one that's telling the truth. We have to believe him automatically. There's always going to be a segment of the mm-hmm. of course. women population, I think, who's going to fall into that. But I feel like that's crumbling a little bit. I agree. And I don't think that you're going to see it resolve this year. But I feel like all of these conversations, this whole welling up I think it's really causing that kind of structure to really crumble more at its foundations, more than I've ever really seen before. And what I I do find invigorating is the word structural coming up more and more in news stories, in articles, in conversations. I'm hearing that that word more. Yeah. So that, I think... That's positive. ...is wonderful. So maybe that's the thing, because I have noticed in the course of a year... People using the idea of structural versus individual in a in a in way more often. So people are seeing that having a female CEO doesn't mean that structurally everything is okay. So I kind of that does hearten me a bit. So there are some things to be wary of, and there are some things to look forward to, and possibly be excited about. I think what I'm most hopeful for is to see what Inside Two Fifty Four does this year, because God knows what topics we will have on the table, what we'll present. Yeah. Us, you know, we, we text each other like, okay, <laughs> this is what we're doing this on. Cause you so know, who knows I, what the year yeah. brings for us? I don't know. Cause I, I can say that I have, as a, as the planner of the show, generally, I, I do have a list of topics ready to go for like the, for, for probably half the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. But as we found last year, yeah. we made an immediate change. Like at Charlottesville comes to mind, like that happened and we scrapped what we were going to do. We pushed it forward and we're like, we're going to do Charlottesville instead. So I suspect that for yeah. our podcast, what will happen as things shift and change, because we're going to start recording two episodes at a time instead of three so that we can be a little more responsive. Mm-hmm. You know, getting our mm-hmm. schedules aligning is a little can be a challenging. Mm-hmm. So, but we're going to be recording more frequently. So that's yeah. a change for us, and it's great, I think, for the audience too. Yeah, because it we're allowed. It'll give us a chance to be just a little bit more timely and maybe catch some of those stories, like in the and moment. get this. Yeah. We're we're trying to put stuff on YouTube that's yeah. super timely. So we're trying to be more yeah. out there for y'all. Yeah. So that's something to look forward to in 2018. I hope. Yeah, and bring a friend. Get a friend to join you in following us. That would be awesome. Please. <laughs> Happy 2018. Happy 2018. 
Like what you're hearing? Hey Podbean listeners, see that green become a patron button at the top right of your screen? You can click on that, donate a dollar a month, and get a cool sticker, a Facebook shout out, and our undying gratitude. iTunes listeners, we didn't forget about you. If you go to our Facebook page, you'll see a blue Shop Now button. Click that button and it'll get you to that same site. Thanks for keeping us sustainable. Time for... Trumpster Fire! Colleen. Two words. Stable. Genius. (laughs) We dedicate ourselves to collective resistance. Resistance to the billionaire mortgage profiteers and gentrifiers. Resistance to the healthcare privateers. As I have said, and as I believe, the advancement of the full participation of women and girls in every aspect of their societies is the great unfinished business of the 21st century. And not just for women, but for everyone. And not just in far away countries, but right here in the United States. Thank you for understanding that sometimes we must put our bodies where our beliefs are. Sometimes pressing send is not enough. If if we want to give all of our children a foundation for their dreams and opportunities worthy of their promise, if if we want to give them that sense of limitless possibility, that belief that here in America there is always something better out there if you're willing to work for it, then we must work like never before. This episode's Fierce Woman Warrior is... The Time Person of the Year, which is the Silence Breakers, and as Time calls them, the voices that launched a movement. On the cover, we have several women. In particular, the one that I'm most interested in on the cover is the woman that went anonymous and just had her arm there on the cover. So we have all these women, but I want to make sure that we give credit to Tarana Burke, who founded the Me Too movement. I know that a lot of people trace it back to Alyssa Milano, but it wasn't Alyssa Milano. It was Burke, an activist who started the Me Too movement. So we want to remember that in the midst of all this conversation in Hollywood, that the Me Too movement started with an African-American woman, an activist, a person who was working in a nonprofit that helps survivors of sexual violence. And so while it's important that those voices in Hollywood are and all of us that are using the me too hashtag to start telling our stories and begin a movement not culminate a movement she writes that sexual harassment does bring shame and i think it's really powerful that this transfer is happening that these women are able not just to share their shame but to put the shame where it belongs on the perpetrator 
So let's all remember Tarana Burke, an activist who began a lot of this using social media, right? Seeing how social media would be a place for uh, all of us to come together as a community to talk about hashtag me too and about things that we've experienced. So our fierce woman warrior is Tarana Burke. If you know a fierce woman warrior who is taking action in her community in some way, please send her name and information to us at inside254podcast at gmail.com or send us a private message through our Facebook page. And we will do the necessary research, reach out to this person, but this is not an interview segment. As you see, this is about amplifying women's advocacy and work in communities. So nominate a Fierce Woman Warrior today. Let's take a time out for a Media Minute. I finished the 2014 updated version of George Lakoff's book, Don't Think of an Elephant, in October 2017, and have been thinking about it ever since. I was looking for a book to help me understand what the hell happened in 2016, to help me understand how conservatives think, and to get a handle on some strategies to combat what I see as a real threat to progress in America. So I downloaded Don't Think of an Elephant and listened to it almost daily over a month of driving back and forth to campus. Not only did I find it fascinating and educational, but Lakoff's perspective really helps me see my conservative counterparts more clearly. I also see why I never agree with them. <laughs> Lakoff spends a lot of time explaining frames and framing and providing practical and easy to grasp examples to help the reader ground his framing theory in something we can all relate to. One of his primary arguments is that Republicans have been winning the framing war for decades which has led to Democrats losing the hearts and minds of the public. Let's start with Lakoff's definition of a frame. Quote, Frames are mental structures that shape the way we see the world. As a result, they shape the goals we seek, the plans we make, the way we act, and what counts as a good or bad outcome of our actions. In politics, our frames shape our social policies and the institutions we form to carry out policies. End quote. He also emphasizes the importance of language in understanding frames. So he writes, quote, All words are defined relative to conceptual frames. When you hear a word, its frame is activated in your brain, end quote. And then this a page later, quote, Not only does negating a frame activate that frame, but the more it is activated, the stronger it gets. The moral for political discourse is clear. When you argue against someone on the other side using their language and their frames, you're activating their frames, strengthening their frames in those who hear you, and undermining your own views. For progressives, this means avoiding conservative language and the frames that that language activates, end quote. Consider the latest Trump tax bill, framed as, quote, tax reform or tax relief, as tax changes often are framed by conservatives. The words reform and relief suggest that there's a problem that needs to be fixed, creating an easy frame for conservatives. Lakoff explains it this way, quote, ideas come in the form of frames. When the frames are there, the words come readily. There's a way you can tell when you lack the right frames. 
there's a phenomenon you've probably noticed. A conservative on TV uses two words like tax relief and the progressive has to go into a paragraph long discussion of his own view. The conservative can appeal to an established frame that taxation is an affliction or a burden which allows for the two word phrase tax relief. But there is no established frame on the other side. No fixed idea already out there." End quote. Lakoff goes on to suggest that investment might be a good counterframe to the conservatives' affliction or burden frame with taxes. Taxes are an investment in the future, an investment in our interstate highway system and bridges, the internet, science and medical research, communication systems, libraries, the space program, and on and on. Lakoff provides such examples with every theoretical framing concept to make this book both understandable for a broad range of people and make it a usable strategy guide for those of us who want a better way to fight back against the conservative agenda. I could go on and on and provide many more examples, such as how conservatives and progressives see life so differently. Lakoff says conservatives have a strict father figure moral authoritarian worldview and believe that the man is the head of the house, and so any man must be trusted as correct and never questioned. Conversely, liberals have a nurturant frame and embrace empathy, responsibility for oneself and others, and a commitment to do the best you can for yourself, your family, your community, your country, and the world. These insights were a revelation to me, and at the same time felt so familiar. Every page of Don't Think of an Elephant holds such moments of clarity, and I recommend every progressive read this book immediately if you want some practical and scientific foundations for what you're feeling in the era of Trump and conservative politics run amok. Let's end today's podcast with some activist actions. I'd like to remind everybody that the Women's March website still has activist actions. It's easy to have forgotten after the big swell of the march that the daily activist work that's being done, uh, the womensmarch.com has done a great job of, of giving you places, of giving you opportunities to focus and consider your role as an activist in the daily world. So they have a Pledge of Liberation on there. They have specific actions, nine specific actions. You don't have to go to Las Vegas and march. And I think people don't realize that. It's important to embody your activism and put your body in the place of community, but that's not accessible to everybody. And I do appreciate that the Women's March, if you click on actions at the top, you will see all these things that you can do, that you can do in your daily life. Some of them are from behind your computer. Some of them are connecting with community. So as we approach the year mark of the Women's March, let's remember that that was a beginning of something. That wasn't a finite moment in an activist timeline, that that was one dot on a timeline that needs to continue. So visit womensmarch.com, click on actions, see if there's something there that speaks to you, and keep checking there to see what else you can do. So let's all remember that we have lots of work to do, even though that was a year ago that we all marched with our pink hats in Washington, D.C. and all around the world. So that was great but we got to keep working. Thanks for spending time with us inside 254. You can find us a lot of places online. On Facebook, we're at Inside 254 Podcast. 
On Twitter, we're at Inside254Pod. On Instagram, we are at Inside254. And on WordPress, where we post links and places that you can go to donate or learn more about our activist actions, we're at Inside254Site, S-I-T-E dot WordPress dot com. You can find our free episodes on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, and you can also just Google us. There are two things you can do to help us build audience today. You can go onto Facebook, click one of those stars, and leave a comment as feedback, and then you can go to your listening platform and rate us on there as well. By doing those two things, that's going to get our word out and help us build our audience. Thank you for helping us grow.